Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're just, uh, this is the first one. We're just going to talk a little bit about um, what, um, we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, what the show is going to be about. Don't laugh at me, Becky. Becky's back here laughing in the background. Well, stuttering. I'm you're stuttering because there's a lot of up, up, ups in there. And, uh, you know, we do this live so that there won't be no, um, if there's interruptions or something, you guys just have to deal with it. Um, I'm sure you guys will like it. I don't know why I say um so much, but I am. But, uh, yeah, I think our guest is having some trouble calling in. He just texted me. He's having trouble contact. Um, you got him on there, hun? Tell him to uh, call in or something. So, um, we'll see how this goes. Anyway... Found some interesting information out about our ball python today. Our big female, she's 2,200 grams. Uh, she's het for pied. We, she's a rescue and she's het for pied. So now... Het for pied or het for albino? Albino. She's het for albino. Thank you for correcting me, hon. I don't know what I was thinking pied for, but she's het for albino. So that means we're going to be looking for an albino male or a het albino male somewhere along the way. So, um, callers, if you guys call in or something, anybody can call in and talk. It's 917-89-9140. I know a couple people are going to call in, but they were going to wait. They're going to be calling in here pretty soon. Uh, oop, a lot of stuff going on there. Let me see here. Um, text them and tell them to call in. You can call in now. It's good. And the same with uh, Jason there. Yeah, this is the first episode, so we're going to be a little bit uh, flying off the cuff here trying to figure stuff out today. Um, But anyway, happy Easter to everybody who's going to be listening in. Uh, The guy we're going to have on has scorpions, and some of the other people that are going to be calling in, I know one of them has, uh, well, at least one person I know that's supposed to call in has tarantulas, and I hope he calls in, and... As for the other person, uh, they have ball pythons, so we'll be doing good. And uh, they all have YouTube channels. We have a YouTube channel called DEA Exotics on YouTube. We do a family vlog, a daily vlog, and then we do everything else. So it's all good. No, just tell them to dial that number there. So it'll all be pretty good. Um, oh, he says he's calling the Skype link. Oh, okay. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't see no Skype link. Okay, we'll see what happens here. We'll see if the Skype link works, but I'm not sure. Um... It should work. I don't know where it's at. It was right up here, but oh, there it is. Wait a minute. We got a caller now. Um, is that? Mm-hmm. Hello? Hello, everybody. Hello? Hey, is this Uper? Yes, sir. How y'all doing out there? Pretty good. I, I'm doing good. Uh, awesome. Yeah, this it's going Uper, and 
Okay, well, hold on a minute. Hello? 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 Is that Splashmaster? Hello? No, that's, that's not Splashmaster. That's Bach and Boa. So the show's really been good now. Hashtag Team Sexy! Try the same. You could call that number. Obviously, I'm going to have to. I'm going to be out of this damn loop. Yeah, we don't have another set of headphones either. I know. So, um, so what's everybody doing? I, just I am watching. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dick. Nope. Slashmaster, you are first. You go ahead because you are the master. No, Slashmaster ain't in here right now. He's having some well, technical difficulties. It's just me, uh, you, and... Going Uper right now. Okay, well, going Uper, you go first since you live farther away than me. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. We're probably about that even if we're, you know, from the crow's, that's the crow flies anyway. But, uh, yeah, I just got home probably about 30 minutes ago. Uh, just kind of sitting back, relaxing, waiting to jump on here and talk to you all and see how you're all doing. So, Jay, congratulations on a 1,000 subscribers, man. That's awesome. Woo-hoo! Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Right, yeah, and it without the support of everybody, you know. I mean, uh, very you humble by that you're, you're 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 definitely one of the the best supporters on that YouTube channel, especially with the reptile stuff. So uh, much yeah. much uh, deserved for sure, and I'm sure plenty more to come because your channel is excellent. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to say his channel is definitely an excellent channel, and that's Boxing Boy. Appreciate YouTube. it. And then going Uper, yeah. going Uper YouTube. <laughs> That's right. He is going Uper. No, I'm just sitting there watching my cousin extra innings, hoping we, hopefully we uh, can pull this out. We're in the top of the 13th. Yeah, that'd I'd be nice to get that done. Checking some little. Uh, I've been checking the stats on that. I don't have regular TV here. At the yeah, house, we're not. So. Uh, Becky and I are not Cubs fans. We're Phillies fans. But we'll give you the Cubbies tonight. We'll. Uh, hey. We're pulling for you. You guys did pick up our one of our better pitchers, Jake Arietta. I mean, hopefully we didn't use him up too much for the, the World Series championship we do have. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Phillies got a couple World Series championships under their belt too, you know. Yes, yes, they do have a few. They do have a few. So, uh, Youper, are you getting any snow out there? Yeah, and we got about a half inch here in the last uh, last hour or so. Yeah, Still I got about down. a we got about a foot here. Uh, let me. I think that's. Uh, um, I think Jeff is on the line. Hold on. Right. Hello. Jeff. No, that's me, moron. Oh. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Sexy Baxi. Sexy Baxi's on there. Yeah, so, uh, what Hello? topics do you guys want to cover Jeff? tonight? Hey, what's up? What's up, Jeff? Oh, did I have a I am sorry, I honey. Well, oh, your Skype won't work. Yeah, I don't know. It's not working for me either, so I don't know what's going on well, with it. But, uh, no, you... this... Go ahead, Jeff. When you call in, when it calls in, it rings like two times and says that this person can't be reached at this time. Huh, I wonder what's going on. Well, I would like to first off start with uh, some of the stuff that Jeff has. He's got some pretty interesting animals over there, and we'll just work down the line. Does that work with you guys? Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, Jeff. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff you got. What do you got going got, on over um, there? Right now, I just got four three stripe Florida bark scorpions. I have. Uh, I'm horrible with the scientific names, by the way. That's fine. I've I've got like a Vacans rock scorpion, which got out on me, and thankfully mm-hmm. I got a hold of you when it did. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't fun. And then I have uh, Hedrurus arizonensis, which is a desert hairy scorpion. And then I have a striped devil scorpion. And I have a... Let's see if I get this right. A Fona Pelma Caltodes tarantula. Desert blonde, right? Arizona desert blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Did he say that right, uh, Jay? Yes, he did say that right. It's actually really good. And see, that's the thing. I love scientific names, but at the same time, you know, the scientific names, and I, and I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people like to use scientific names when they want to feel like they are more important to people. Like, I know more than you because I can say a scientific name. Well, I see that's why that. I use common <laughs> names in almost everything. I will give the scientific name out there. Because I do know it. But to me, I'd rather use a common name, something that everybody can relate to. You know. Yeah, you know, for the new people for, for new people involved in the in the you know, it's um when you say the scientific name, you know, sometimes it's like almost scares a person off, you know, like when I hear the scientific I'm like, I'm never gonna learn that <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it would prevent them from getting an animal because they're scared they're gonna mess up and people will give them a hard time about it. I was telling Jeff for the longest time, don't worry about the scientific name. Yeah, as long as you are know, as long as you know for sure the species you got, go with the common name. If you're not for sure, go with the scientific name that they that is under. But as long as you know what it is, I say go with the common name because it's so much easier, like you said, for for beginners to understand. I mean, you can learn the scientific name of snakes. There are many scientific names of snakes and arachnids or invertebrates. Um, and, and, and they do have their place. I think they are important. But for a beginner, for someone wanting to learn, you know, I want that person to say, okay, I have a Florida bark scorpion. I don't want to sit there and use a scientific name. And that person goes, what, what, what? And then I say a Florida bark scorpion. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. Well, why did you say that to begin with? Well, because I want to sound more important than you. Yeah, you know, I think it comes down to who's saying it to sometimes when it comes to that stuff. I mean, the way you guys do it over there at Box and Bowers channel is, uh, is really cool because they tell you what it is, and then they can and they say, eh, the scientific name is this, but they don't, like, concentrate on that part of it. You know, and then the rest of the conversation, they just use the scientific name. They They go back to the given, you know, the, the neutral name that is normally called, which which I think is helpful. Yeah. And the other thing about most scientific names, and not to interrupt, but, you know, most scientific names, we as Americans aren't pronouncing properly anyway. you got the Pokeotheris, for example. We say Poe because there's P-O-E in Pokies, and I'm talking about uh, tarantulas there. But it's actually Pokeotherius. There's, but we put we all and even me trying to say I'm constantly putting the Poe in it, and there, you don't actually put the 
the that beginning phrase pro. You know, it, it's amazing how many words that you know we that do know scientific names actually still pronounce incorrectly because we don't speak Latin and Greek and things like that that they use. I have a hard enough time with English. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff. Yeah. Would you mind telling everybody how that scorpion got out, or do you want to save that for a different day? Or no, I'll, I'll tell everybody. It was a rookie mistake. I was talking music. I took it out to do something. I was talking music with someone, not paying attention. Put it back to where I had it, and it wasn't in there. Finally realized it wasn't in there. Found it, got it back in there, and learned my lesson. Hey man, that happens, yeah. dude. You know, my I didn't put the lid on my pastel cat uh, clown about a year and a half ago, and I just looking to think. I was cleaning. I put her in the holding bin, forgot her in there, and she got out. And one of my cats got to her. I got very lucky that I was able to nurse her back to health. But you know, you know, it's good that you say those things too. You know, it's okay to tell people that when you make mistakes because it, it really can help somebody else. You know, not make that mistake. So. You know, when the whole thing happened, I have a bad, I have like an anxiety issue. So I went into straight panic mode when it happened. And when I finally found where it was, I reached, to, I just reached to grab it. And it like got me right in the wrist. Oh, no. <laughs> I seen pictures of the body and it wasn't good. pretty. I tell you, I learned my lesson. I will never leave it unattended again. Ever. That was. Mistakes happen, and do you know how many times an animal will get out and the person never finds it again? I'm just glad you found it. You know, yeah. and mistakes happen. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had snakes get out well, before. I, uh, a couple of years ago, I had a... And you learn as you go. It's just one of them things, and it's fine to make mistakes. Like Youper said, he's been is. doing it for 30 years, too, and uh, he had one get well, out, funny. like your pastel, you said, right? Yeah. Yep, made and a mistake. It, made a mistake. It it happens. And if you don't make mistakes, just, you never learn. And you're not human. Every human makes a mistake, so. Yeah, the best lessons you I've know, ever learned are mistakes. Yeah. It was a rookie mistake reaching for it, though. <laughs> no, that well, was human instinct. instinct. Yeah, that was reaction. He just, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either, man. You'll be a good dad. You'll be able to save your kids with the, with the old seatbelt arm. I'm sure a lot of us remember that old seatbelt arm driving in the car with yeah. your mom and dad. I think I still got bruises on my chest. I still get it every time I'm driving with Becky. The arm comes flying over. Yeah, I was I was thinking about doing a video on what I did so other people can see not to leave it unattended. Great idea. I think that's a good well, idea. I, mm-hmm. I think you should do a video on that because – I don't want a be that's something definitely we all make mistakes, but when you're dealing with scorpions and tarantulas, those types of mistakes, especially with certain tarantulas, can, you know, and very badly, not just for the you know, invertebrate in question, but also the human. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking with different potency of venom. You know, obviously yeah. no one's died from a tarantula bite, but I mean at the same time, you get built by something like an H max, and you're going to be hurting, and you're going to have the after effects for months. Um, there are certain tarantulas yeah. that you can see that if you get stung by just reaching and grabbing for it, you can die. 
So that but, would definitely be an excellent video for somebody. Oh, well, I but agree I, with I, an excellent I, video. <laughs> and just remember, Jeff, with the negativity that will because I'm sure there'll be somebody out there that might say something. You just got to go along with it. Just be calm. Don't worry about it. Don't get upset over it. Um, the yeah. only way people learn is by other people's mistakes, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, negativity, no, it doesn't in any hobby you're in, and any passion you follow. There's always going to be people that go against anything you say. It doesn't matter if you're right or if you're wrong. You know, there's always going to be somebody out there that wants to argue. That's just human nature. Um, even within, you know, scorpion keeping and translate keeping, you know, what works for me necessarily doesn't work for you, you know, depending on your climate, you know, where they're located in your house, things like that. And so, therefore, you're always going to run into some type of resistance. Yep. But you have but the respect the people that will respect you for it. The people that will respect you for it will outnumber them by far, though, because, you know, you're you're telling people to help them. You're not telling them because you want people to say, oh, what a dummy, you know, or something like that. You're telling people, and people are going to respect you for, for telling it, you know, how it was, you know. That's, so that's, it's a good thing. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I use uh, my inbox story for that exact purpose as, as um, a teaching method. I in one of my older videos, Blood Transfer video, I used an old world species, and I showed how fast they are, and I said, watch, I'm going to let them, gonna, and I used a paintbrush to coax it out, and it ran, and you saw me catch it with a catch-up, you saw how I, I did not panic, you know, I used it, an intentional escape to show people, like, look, if this happens to you, stay calm, have catch-ups ready to go, you know, if you panic, Accidents happen, but if you can stay calm in those situations, then you're not likely going to have an accident. You'll be able to. That's why catch up when you're keeping, you know, scorpions and trances are, are so important to keep in, you know, within grabbing distance when you're working them. Well, I like what you do too, Jay. I mean, you even put your phone on silent so people can't disturb you or anything when you're doing it because a, a minor distraction could make it be a pretty good big mistake. Oh, yeah. Uh, Priest can tell you, we rehoused our Indian ornamental, Raven, the one that I put on uh, the video the other day, uh, the live stream. And we were rehousing. Everything was going smoothly. I had it in another tub, so that way we did get out. It was an extra layer. But it was so fast, it just went boop and up and out and up and out. And, you know, the door was shut. The cats didn't get in. There was no phone. You know, priest knew to back away, and, and luckily, um, you know, she didn't run very far. She just ran over to the Chucky doll and climbed on that, and then we'll get her. You know, and if you sitting there and doing it in a busy room, you know, you, it just takes that one minor focus, and I wouldn't have known where it went. I could have been looking for hours. Yeah. You know what panicked me yesterday? What? I'm sitting there in the tr- the the little sling I have. It dug. It burrowed, right? Yes, they will burrow when they're and it little. went to the bottom, and I see no hole for it to get out. So I friggin' panic. Oh, it can yeah. dig itself out of here. <laughs> They'll do that a lot too. They're getting close. You know, a lot of little slings like that, and that's something people don't realize is like 
a lot of swings in tarantulas will dig down and, and they'll burrow. And, you know, it can be scary because you might not see it for three or four days, you know, and, you know, and you're trying to look for as long as you're seeing signs of excavation and things like that, you know, things are okay, you know, and little yeah. swings like that do tend to burrow. They, they do, you know, and you're like, how, where are you at? And, and what you don't see inside there in their enclosure, you know, especially when you see when they're tiny is how extravagant their burrows really are. They twist and turn and go around and, you know, you wouldn't believe how much a little tarantula swing can excavate. It's amazing. They're like little bulldozers. Sometimes don't they spin yeah, webs cool. and cover their opening so you can't see their opening too? Yes. And my um, OBT, um, um, you know, he went into or she went into a mole and she has several escape holes up made out of web and she blocked them all up. And I didn't see her for a week. And, and, and then all of a sudden I go down there and, you know, after a week I notice her holes are, her big holes unblocked and I can see her and she, uh, she kicked the molt out of her, out of her den. And I'm like, all right, I know what you were doing. You're what you were, you were molting, which is what I thought. And I knew to leave you alone. And it also depends on, on what species you get. Huper, do you ever plan to get a tarantula or a scorpion or anything? No, probably not. I, I've had I've had quite a few emperor scorpions, and I bred them. And well, I didn't really breed them. Actually, I got I they I didn't realize that there was a male and a female in there, and she ended up having babies. And I didn't know that they would eat the babies, <laughs> so so I left the babies in there too long, and she ended up eating most of them. So, uh, but she was awesome. She was, they were, they were really cool. They're very non-aggressive and never got stung by them, but I probably won't only because, you know, I might, I just never say never, you know, right now I'm really focused on trying to get the, the ball python things going and stuff. So I'm trying to stay really focused on that. Yeah. So well, I got a video today. You talked about your breeding facility which is very nice, by the way, and how you're adding like 20 or was it 29 or 30 small pythons this year? No, I'm going to try and add close to 20, 15 to 20 this year by the, by the end of the year. That's my, that's my goal anyway. So I already have seven of them on their way as soon as it warms up. But I'm, but I'm, I'm not getting anything too crazy. I'm trying to get some adult head females for different projects that I'm doing so I can get a jump on them, things like that. Yeah, that's interesting because, like I said, now now I got this adult female, and she turns out to be head for uh, um, albino. I said hide earlier, but no, she's head albino. So now I can start plugging albino things into her, which will be interesting. Well, I got to get... I've got to get uh, I've got to get at least six more females so that I say that when, when I say this year I plan on doing six to eight pluses, I won't actually have pluses, so I'm probably going to need probably eight to ten females to make sure because not all females are going to lay. So. Right, and that is a common myth for people. People think that just because you have ten females or twenty females, you're going to get twenty pluses, and that's just not. If you have yeah. 20 females, you're going to be lucky if you even get half 
of that amount of clutches out of the season. You know, I mean, it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. People think that breeding is easy and you can do everything right, but that does not guarantee you're going to have, you know, 20 clutches. No, it doesn't. We were talking about before about the one person, you know, they, they wanted to know, they wanted to know, well, how many snakes do I have to have so I can be a business? And, and, you know, we both pretty much had the same answer. Whatever, we don't know your lifestyle, and that's hard to answer. And, you know, you can say this many clutches. I don't know what your bills are or your overhead. You know, so it's right. very hard. To, that, that was like an impossible question to answer. And you don't yeah, know what your capability is. is either. You don't know how much they can handle. I mean, one person can handle a thousand snakes, and another person might only be able to handle five. Right, and also, you know, you know, when he asked that question, you know, there were many variations he did not take into account. He was just thinking, well, I can have this many ball pythons because I have this many rats that I can breed feed. And what you're not taking into into account is, okay, you know, rat food, rat bedding, racks for the rats. Then you got to think about how many snakes you want to have. You know, and then yeah. and then once you start thinking about how many snakes you have, okay, are you going to be getting into recessives, codoms, both hits, you know, and then the the expense of buying those, and then you have the expense of caging, feeding, you know, that electric bill. Okay, if you don't want to feed your snake that week, that's fine. You might save some money with rats that week, but that electric bill, that water bill, that's that's not going away. That, no. That's going to be an overhead. I mean, I know my electric bill for the amount of animals I keep is probably two or three hundred dollars more than any of my surrounding neighbors. At least that's what my electric company keeps sending me and telling yeah, me. me. And too. I'm not the only one. I have a friend that um, lives in um, the Carolinas, I believe, in South Carolina, and he gets the same thing from his electric company every month. He gets a bill says, well, you, "You know, your electric bill is two hundred dollars more than anybody in your neighborhood." Yeah, you know, so those are all things you got to think about. <laughs> I know um, it does save money breeding rats, but if you don't have the capability of breeding the rats, it can get expensive. Like with what we got next door, we go through an excessive amount of rat food and it's water, and it's a lot of work. I mean, the rats are a hundred times more work than the snakes are. You're constantly checking on them. Several, several times a day because they chew out of the bends. You got to constantly be feeding them. You got to check the water. You got to make sure they're not flooding their tubs out. And, uh, you know, when you to run a business to get that high with snakes, you know, where you can run a business and survive, like he was talking about on his video, um, you would have to have a pretty large rat collection, I think, and it would get to be pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we gotta have time to do it. You know, taking care of. You know, I, I literally, I don't even have rats right now, and I literally put in quite a few hours every day just with the snake stuff. You know, and I know that has a lot to do with my substrate, and I don't, I don't have a. I, I change out the bins every time they go to the bathroom. You know, and which stuff, is a good you know, thing. So, you know, so it is, it is uh, time consuming for that reason. But when you add in rats, like I'm gonna start off slow with the rats because. I I realize how I see you know in every one of your guys' videos you're pretty much in that rat room, you know you're in that rat room more than you are in the snake room, and I don't think people realize that. I think you're right. People don't realize that you're breeding your rats to keep your snake thing going. That that's a whole another job in itself. Yeah, you're going to be spending on average around 150 to 200 dollars a month 
on bedding. That doesn't include food for the rats. Just in bedding. I wouldn't be able to do the rat thing if I didn't have Becky because she gets up at 5.30 in the morning and checks on them right away as soon as she gets up. She checks on them again at 9 o'clock. Then I start taking over checking on the rats. And then she checks on them again at 4 o'clock. And then I go over at 6. And we do this all day long because the rats, if they can dig a hole in their bin and they start getting out, you got a mess on your hands. No, I believe it. it it's a full-time job with the rats. Well, that's why I got. I'm trying to figure out a way to do my rats over there because, you know, the 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 people in the county, you know, like they were all up in arms for the first, you know, couple of weeks when I first got in there. But now, I mean, you know, I can't sit in that place today. One guy came by five times today, <laughs> literally five times. So I like I, I got to make sure that if I do these rats, that they're not getting out. So I'm. I'm actually been looking into different uh, bins, and I've been I've been looking into some tin bins. They're made out of tin, actually, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm still kind no, of looking that into one, it. I don't think that would be bad, but what I've seen a lot of breeders do is they put rat traps along the walls because if they get out, rats don't run across the opening of the floor. They'll yeah, run along the walls. So, And that's what they do, but if you put get the plastic tubs, you can rivet tin on like I did, and then they can't chew through it. That's true. And then, you know, another thing, you you know, you, got, you should put wood blocks in there for them to chew on and stuff like that. That helps prevent them from chewing on their, their, their tubs. And that's the thing. I mean, a rat can chew through concrete. So no matter what tub you get, they're, yeah, they're going to eventually get out. Well, I know I put wooden blocks in there. And we got a group of rats over there that we got. And Becky calls them. I don't even want to tell you what she calls this group of rats. And we keep them all in the same <laughs> bin so they don't teach the other rats bad habits. But this one bit of rats. You can't wait to feed them off. <laughs> uh, well, they're already breeder size, so I'm trying to get them so we have babies coming out of them. But I had to put tin in there because even though I have the blocks in there, they still chew. And then, you know, opening the tub. Them ones try to jump out, and I don't know what it is with that group. They're just a bad group. Dirty rats. Yeah. Yeah. Now going back to what we all keep. All right, you for what I uh, know, Slashmaster was talking about what he's keeping. What are you keeping? Species wise. Who are we asking? You. Oh. The U um, the UP. Yeah, I, I mostly have uh, it's all all ball pi- ball pythons except for my Amazon tree bow, which I had a heck of a time cleaning his bin out today. <laughs> that was a little bit funny, but um, I have I you know I'm sticking to the stuff that I know I can sell. I realized a while ago that if I'm not a big breeder and I start breeding stuff that's really expensive that mostly all their breeders are the ones that buy that stuff, and they don't buy it from names that aren't known. So for starting out, I'm sticking with, you know, you know stuff that people want. People love Mojaves, and they love Lessers because they can make blue-eyed cystics out of them. You know, I'm sticking with some standard pied stuff, you know, like pastel pied and normal pieds because they're still affordable. Um, I got some clown stuff coming at the end of the next year, uh, but that's still lower-end clowns like killer clowns and pastel clowns and regular clowns. But I'm trying to, and I'm also, like, a hidden project is my exantic stuff, but that's still a little ways off as, as well. 
So I'm trying to stick right. to great things. I got a I got a couple of female ivories. Um, so I'm going to be picking up a ready-to-go male freeway here hopefully soon, which nobody knows about but you guys now and everybody else who's listening. <laughs> but um, or will so, you know I'm going to be working that in pretty soon, and they're going to be a little bit higher end stuff too, but still not crazy. Right. I mean that's that's a big thing, you know. And you know, and the one thing I noticed about the ball pythons like you're talking about is you know there's staples that always sell no matter how long they've been out. Albinos. Literally everybody that I know that breeds albinos sells out of albinos as soon as they hit oh, the market. Quick. Yeah, quickly. Quickly. And, you know, and that never I'm going to be well. doing, hopefully next year I'm going to be doing Amazon tree boas as well. Um, I should be picking up a tree python from Garrick in the next month or so. They're cool. Um, and maybe that's something I do in a couple of years. I really love arboreal uh, snakes. Like, I love tree snakes. I love... I love those those boas. And as you all know already, I'm going to be getting that red tail, and I don't plan on breeding her. <clears throat> but um, she's just going to be a kind of an ambassador type of demonstration snake and, um, you know, buddy to hang out with in the front of the office. Type. Yeah, a good conversation piece, a good ambassador. And boas are good for that because they're of their size and the fact that most of them are pretty laid back and relaxed snakes and they're bulletproof. Pretty much. I mean, they're they are a snake that is pretty bulletproof. They're not as yes, like where a ball python. You know, one thing you know, everyone loves ball python, but one thing people don't realize is that I mean, if you look at a ball python, funny, it might go off you for six months. A boa ain't gonna yeah. do that. Too. Yeah, that's no, the truth. And not. I tell people all the time, ball pythons don't like change. You know, that's why a lot of people they get a snake shipped from somebody. And they say, oh, well, this snake don't eat. And they immediately think it's, oh, well, I don't know what this breeder's doing because this snake won't eat. Well, that shipping is a lot of stress on a snake. And, and ball pythons in particular, I, like I showed in the one video, I switched all my substrate to that um, aspen. And a few of my snakes said, all right, well, I'm not eating anymore. And as soon as I switched it back to paper, they took a meal a half hour later. They do not like change. Ball pythons are a little trickier than people give them credit for as far as taking care of them. They really are. Well, they used to be considered an expert snake just, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and now they're considered a beginner snake. And I don't agree with that. I don't either. I I don't either. I know 30 years ago it was trouble getting any ball python to eat because they all came in from Africa. You didn't have these big breeders. But when I first started, you know, and you wanted to see a price list, they didn't even have an Internet you had to call the person on the phone and have them send you a written out price list of what they had. Yeah. I remember those days. I remember getting the 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 snail mail sent to you with the price list. You didn't even get to pick out your things. You just sent the money and you didn't even know when it was coming. No. You just hoped it would, <laughs> it would show up at the door one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, what do you keep there, Andrew? Well, I got collection. I have quite a collection. I got ball pythons. I got hognose snakes. I got corn snakes. I got gopher snakes. I got some Pac-Man frogs on the way. Uh, We got leopard geckos. We got a lot of fish. Um, And I'm we got cats, dogs. I could go on. We're a zoo. We're a big zoo. 
Now, if you want me to go down my wish list, uh, let's see. We go with some caimans. I would like some caimans. I would like some uh, tarantulas, some scorpions. I would like a husband who doesn't spend all my money. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's got a short list. <laughs> she just wants a husband who doesn't spend all her money. <laughs> Married a husband that has wine taste on a beer budget. <laughs> yep, that's about, that's about right. <laughs> but in the past, campaigning caviar dreams. But when Becky and I first met, we were breeding uh, boa constrictors. We had retics. Oh, I also have retics. I didn't tell anybody that, but I got them down in the basement in the tub down there in retics. Uh, but we, um, when we, when Becky and I first met. I we were breeding retics, Burmese pythons, and boa constrictors. So that that's a question I have for you, Andy. Yes. Is there a particular reason that you don't talk about the retics and stuff on your channel? No, other than it tried to bite my face the other day. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was just curious. I didn't know if it was maybe because it's somebody in your county. You know, they heard it would be that could be some sort of issue because I do worry about that in my county. I mean, the people, well, everybody that comes to look for snakes, or they're constantly at, that's their biggest question. Like, are you are you going to be getting big snakes? You know, and, and well, I don't know if that's an issue or not with them. So I'm like really cautious. To be honest with you, that that is another reason I don't because you know you you heard all about the fight that I had with the town and all that stuff. And yeah. what I fear is that somebody would see this big snake and be like, wait a minute, this ain't the little snakes he brought into the city hall meeting, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think, you know, it could be trouble. But I really don't think anybody in town watches my YouTube channel. I don't think anybody in there even knows I have a YouTube channel. I've learned to keep things around here on a down low, and it's better to go out and I'll address any situations that come up in the future. But talking about mistakes, um, I had a rat, and I was going to, it was frozen thawed, you know, and I'm going to feed the retic, and I have it on my tongs, and the tongs are two-foot-long tongs. Okay, the day that I don't have a camera going, I open up the cage, I got the rat on the tongs, and I'm holding it right by my face, and I should have never did that. That thing flew out and grabbed that rat right by my face, I swear I almost pissed my pants because it would have had my face. And I'm don't they thinking, say you don't look those things in the eyes? Yeah, well, no, you don't look them in the eyes. I wasn't looking it in the eye. It just come flying out and grabbed that rat. And I said, well, you know. They don't care. For, the, a snake does not care if you look it in the eyes. And, uh, and I, I, they don't care. I said to Jeff, I said, Jeff, you know, this thing just did this to me. I can barely breathe. And he's like this. He's like, did you have your camera going? That was the first thing Jeff said. You have your camera go? <laughs> well, when I, well, I don't. I don't. Answer, that's the first thing everyone said. Did you have the camera going? <laughs> I, I don't keep retics, and I never have. But I've been around a lot of them and worked around a lot of them. And the one thing I know about them is that if there's a if there's a prey item in the room, they're usually the first ones to smell it. Well, I'll tell you, for the last thirty years now. Retics have changed a lot. When I first got them, twenty what was it, twenty five years ago? 
they had a different attitude than they do right now, and I don't know what it is. I mean, the attitude back then was you couldn't even walk past the cage, and they would go crazy. But now they're well, they're pretty calm. They're, they're they're way better than they were. I also, by the way, used to keep bloods and blood pythons too. I had to. I forgot about that. The blood pythons. Becky wants me to get blood pythons again too. So. Yeah, they're but, pretty yeah. good. And, and through captive breeding, because the thing is, even blood pythons were known as having that notorious attitude. But nowadays, they, people are finding out that it's not that way. And it's because of captive breeding. They're farther away from the wild than what they used to be. So they're, they don't have that wild-fought mentality. Yeah. You know, that well, F1, they... F2, and F3 generation. Yes. I, I bet you right now, if you buy, uh, uh, like, any like an albino blood python or something, it wouldn't. That is so far bred in. It's almost like a domesticated animal. I mean, I'm not saying it like yeah. like a dog or none, but I mean that's how long they've been breeding them in captivity. Now it's crazy. Well, compared to their wild counterparts, I would agree with that. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Nah. I'm comparing it to, you know, but I also and kept corn snakes oh. and milk snakes. Yeah, what were you... and, and that's a good, that's a, a, a wide variety of species you have, and that's really good. I, my, my, I keep blood pythons, carpets, boas, and then obviously tarantulas and uh, scorpions. You know, and it's it's definitely fun. And each species I keep is different from the other. They have different humidities. Different, you know, yes, you know, range of different temperatures, and you got to know that when you're keeping a variety of species. Yeah. You know? One thing I've noticed, big space go, I just don't. I think that, I think the one thing that I think has been lost on keepers today, you know, because they're trying to push. If you know, there's a big retic push going on right now, especially with all the different. Colors and things like that that oh, you can get that are amazing. Right now. They're just as dangerous as a venomous snake, in my opinion. Oh, uh, yeah, a I agree. Kick has the ability to kill you, and I think a lot of people take that for granted. They see these nice big retics and they see how these keepers can now handle them and care for them. And yes, they are a lot more calmer. But I think we—they've also forgotten that this snake. Even if it doesn't kill you, a retake bites you, you're talking stitches more than likely. Big time stitches. Well, you know, Especially you know, if a male bites you. If a male bites you, they do that little spin, the retics, and you're going to the hospital. You know, the, where a female will bite you, they'll bite you and let go. You, but a male will bite you and do a little spin on the thing. It could be pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but retics. Um, they're, I'm not going to say they're they're you know I I I'm not going to say anything bad about anybody who breeds them or sells them or anything like that, but oh, the people no. purchasing them need to do a ton of infor- research because, you know, they see this retic and they think you know they think they watch these other breeders and all these other channels and think wow yeah they can handle it I can do it but they don't realize there's a lot of work that goes into that. There's a lot of like like Jay Brewer, he he can read these animals. He can look at them and read them and know exactly what they're thinking before they even move. Yeah, and yeah. you get a rookie out there; they are not a first time snake. No way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're very dangerous, like no, they said. They're, they can be just as dangerous as a venomous snake easily. I agree with that 100%. You, you just have to sit there. And before you get any snakes, you need to do your research. And I know it's hard because people see something they think is beautiful, and it's wonderful, and they just buy on impulse and don't realize the caging requirements that are required. You know, I mean, a retic, you know, cannot stay in a six-foot enclosure. You know, I, Yes, there are some that are, are have been, you know, where they have dwarfs and super dwarfs, but most of that is done through feeding, you know, to keep them on the smaller side, you know. But well, then, uh, feeding is a whole other thing, too. People don't realize that pretty soon you're going to be having to feed, you know, super large rabbits or even small pigs and things like that. Like, that's a big expense for, the, you yeah. know, when they get old. And they can live it could for end up being time. that, yep. Well, and most people generally usually try to feed, you know, the large rabbits. I'll give them two or three. And and that's another thing. When you're talking about food, that's an expensive food item to buy. Even if you have just one rabbit, one rabbit, you know, you're talking fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars for a frozen doll. Yeah. Um. While we're speaking, uh, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask um, Slashmaster up here. Do you plan to get any snakes? There's a couple I'm thinking about. The hunter and milk snake or a viper oh, boa. Viper boas are good. They don't get very big. Um, both those snakes are, are, are good choices, and, and they're yes. very unique. Yep. I'm going to get comfortable gonna... with what I have before before I take anything else on yeah, that's that's yeah. a good thing to do. So, Youper, uh, what were you going to say? Well, we're speaking about the larger snakes there. You know, the the one of the big questions that people talk about every time they come into the shop is they're like, well, you know, we know what happened in Florida. You know, people releasing the snakes into the wild because they get too big. And as that as that does happen, the majority of what happened in Florida was Hurricane Andrew coming through and tearing up Miami, and a lot of breeders got, you know, had a lot of Wait missing down. in the yep. zoo. And there's still wild monkeys out there in the Everglades, you know. It's it's not too crazy to see one. And you're like, what? What is a monkey? Because when that hurricane came through, it tore up a lot of breeder stuff, and a lot of snakes escaped into the Everglades. And, you know, it was weeks and weeks and weeks before they could even start getting stuff caged back up. I mean, there was lines loose out there, you know what I mean? So a lot of the stuff, that that's where it kind of started from. And, yes, there is some people that let stuff go because they couldn't take care of it. That does happen. But the majority of it came from the, from the hurricanes. Yeah. Well, and, and what, the what other I, thing about – go ahead, Andrew. What, what, another thing is people don't take into consideration is Florida's got the right environment for it, where, like in the Upper Peninsula, oh, there's no way they got the right environment. And yeah. I know back in the 30s, this is another thing that they don't tell you. Back in the 30s, they did a lot of movies down in Florida, and they would let the wild animals go after the movie was over. And you can go down there and see monkeys that have been there breeding there since the 1930s. Yeah, there's a lot of monkeys actually down there just north of Miami and the Everglades. I actually lived right on the edge of the Everglades on the northern uh, west side of the Everglades. And, I mean, I've, I've found big snakes out there. I've had calls where I've had to go out and do, do stuff. And the other thing is about the whole python thing is it's not as numerous as they like to make it out to look because – 
um, they have shown they've shown where they have fudged the numbers on what they're actually catching oh, yeah. because there is a profit to be made. Uh, snake hunters get paid for catching these animals. And when they did the last roundup, they found out that over half of the hunters were actually buying people's pet Burmese pythons that they didn't want anymore, going out and saying, oh, I found this in the wild, to make a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of these Burmese pythons are not making it in the wild. Like, because, yes, are there going to be some that do survive? Of course there is. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's a lot of, the there's a lot of natural predators. No. There's a lot of natural predators and foreign predators that eat them as well. Like the wild pigs down there will eat a snake without a care in the world, you know. Oh, yeah. There's more invasive species that are a bigger problem than the pythons, but the pythons, you get the bad rap because they're yeah. big and it makes the news. Uh, you know, they're not talking about all the different geckos and lizards that run loose down there that are way more rampant than your than your birdies. <laughs> your delta millions are huge. Literally, people are finding new morphs in Florida for a species that isn't even, you know, Native. that's natural in uh, geographical habitat. Just the wild because they've been alone. down there for so long. It's crazy the damage that it's going across the country. Wild hogs are as basic through the whole entire country. Oh, yeah, they're mm-hmm. bad, too. But they're such good eating. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something, but they don't get depressed because it's no. not as popular. It does, it's not sensational. Yeah, well, the story and, doesn't sell. You're right. You know, the story doesn't sell like the snakes do, you know? No. So, but so they don't put do it have... out there as much. I do have a question for all you guys. Did you guys see that video that um, Kevin McCurry put up? Yeah, with the, that Indian, like, Indian yeah. guy that caught now, the wild Burmese python. That shows you that even a somewhat smaller, um, a larger snake. Constrictor. Yep, constrictor with improper knowledge could be somewhat a dangerous animal that, you know, going back, yeah. like you were talking about the retics, which get pretty large. Uh, these, that shows you right there that if you're going to get one of these animals, you need to do your research because you can get hurt even if it's, and you know, it was an accident. It wasn't even a snake. wasn't even trying to hurt the guy or nothing. It just wanted to get away. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is when they grabbed, when it was around his neck, he put it around. The snake did not yes. go on his neck. He put no. it around the snake neck Super and held onto his head very, very aggressively. And the snake defended itself. It grabbed on yes. and squeezed. And unfortunately, you know, for that guy, is he didn't realize the amount of pressure that that snake had put on him, and it was a blood choke. And what he did, didn't crush his esophagus or anything like that, and they are to choke. You know, you got the two, you got, you got, so you got big veins that run up the side of your neck that deliver blood to your brain. And if that is cut off for more than seven seconds, you are going to pass out. And if no one is there to help you, you are going to die, you know, from the lack of, of blood to your brain. It's not from lack of oxygen. It was from lack of blood. And shame of the matter was there was people there. Yeah, they just, instead of helping the man, you know, they got their phones out. It, 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 what's, what's crazy to me is a third world country like that that has dirt roads and no shoes, but yet they got their phones out to sell. Yeah. Exactly. That, that blows my mind, too. 
And well, you know, no that, even with ball pythons, even with ball pythons, you know, when I did that demonstration, I, you know, I let kids hold the snakes and, and a few of them put them up around their necks and stuff. And, um, you know, nothing happened and I was right there, but I don't think that I will do that again at my next demonstrations because even a ball python, man, you know, I put some around my neck sometime when I'm cleaning their bins and every now and then they think they might fall or something. They, they give a good squeeze. Like if, you know, if I'm not sitting right there ready to take care of it, they could put me out, even a ball python. So that's something that I'm not going to do on my next demonstration is let kids put them around their neck because, you know, things like that can happen, you know, so I yeah, want to be careful. You know, I got this 2,200 gram female down there. She's strong. It's amazing. You wouldn't think a ball python would have strength like that, but they do. They got oh, they some do. strength. <laughs> But I mean, it's it's more than you know a little a tiny little kid. You know, it could it could put a little kid out pretty easily. It's not going to yeah. eat them up. Well, no, no, no but you don't no. want to scare any child by something grabbing onto them. That's just what I'm trying to learn about snakes. And even though the snake isn't going to hurt him, if it starts to apply pressure, just because it's looking you as a tree, you don't want to you don't want the child to be nervous or scared and panic and right. throw the snake or drop the snake. Right. I do have a question for everybody, though. Well, Jay, I'm going to start off with Jay, and I'm going to work up, and everybody can just answer this as soon as they're done. Is there anything in particular you see yourself owning in the future, and where do you see yourself in this hobby in, let's say, 10 years down the road? And I'll start off with Jay, and then Uper can go, and then um, Jeff can go. Um, well, in my transfers, I would like to get some more. I would like to own a couple different pokey species. Um, I, I would like to get, you know, several different ones of that. Uh, Scorpion-wise, no. I'm pretty happy with the three scorpions I do own. Um, carpet python-wise, I would like to add some zebra um, but, uh, zebra morphs to my collection and some granite stuff. And boa-wise, um, I would definitely, as far as, like, adding morphs, um, uh, nothing that other than maybe a red, red phase um, pastel or an RC pastel. And where do I see myself in 10 years? Um, Still doing what I'm doing, enjoying, you know, different, you know, breeding my bows, breeding my carpets, um, and that's honestly all I really want to do is um, I do see myself probably for the next years uh, focusing more on my bows than my carpets. Okay. Just because that's, that's where good. I started and that's where my passion lies. Now, what about your blood pythons? Are you just going to stick with what you got or do you plan to expand that in any way? Um, honestly, I do plan to expand that, but nothing in the near future. Okay. Um, down the road, I'd like to add, well, I say down the road because I'm waiting for Ed to, um, Ed Willie to breed his T-negative albinos, and once he breeds those, then I will add T-negative albinos, uh, blood pythons, uh, to my collection. Which are stunning. I love T-negatives. Yes. Youper, what about you? Oh, man, you know, that's a hard question because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to focus on the, the ball python thing. 
But there's a lot of stuff I'm going to be interested in. And like I said maybe a few months ago, maybe you might remember that uh, I plan on going to do some stuff over at the Buddy D. Young Zoo, which is, is pretty close by me. And he, you know, he has lions and tigers, bears. Uh, oh, even he has a hippo. He's got wolves and a bunch of stuff like that. And um, 20 years ago when I, first, when I moved up here and met my wife, I was actually doing work with him and, and helping him with the baby tigers and hanging out in, the, in, the, in his living room with these baby tigers and stuff. So who knows what I might end up having in the future if I hang out with him too long. But um, but uh, as far as the snakes go, I really want to try and uh, 10 years from now, I, 10 years from now, I hope I have a name worth, uh, worth something, you know what I mean, so that I can just be able to pay my bills and be happy. Hey, Liam, if you're going to come in here and listen, that's awesome, but I can't have you over there whistling and stuff. That's, that's going to be distracting, buddy. But um, as far as animals go, I really want to get into the tree python stuff and the Amazon tree python stuff. So awesome those are the things goals. I'm looking at. And if I'm in 10 years from now, I just I just kind of want to have my name known well enough that I can sell product enough to keep the shop going. I don't want to be rich. I don't I don't know any... I don't know any super rich breeders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few out Miguel, there. But that wasn't from that wasn't from breeding pythons. You're you know? in it for the money. You're in it for the wrong reason. Correct. Like you said, if you're in it for right. the money, you're and, in and it for the wrong. To chime in there real quick, if you're talking about breeding for to be rich, you look at someone like Brian Bartek, which at one time had the world's largest collection of breeding snakes, and he still wasn't driving no Bugatti down the street. Well, no. that's what I'm saying. You don't see, you don't see, you know, super rich breeders, wild python breeders, or any breeders for that matter. And and even if your collection's that big, you're still not getting rich because, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the bigger the your collection, the more you got to feed, the more overhead you're going to have. Right? You know, so, you know, but I just want to be able to make enough to make the bills and enjoy doing what I've always kind of wanted to do, but never really put my best foot forward to get there. Yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Jeff? Like some stuff I want in the future. I'd like to, like I said earlier, I'd like to get a couple snakes, get comfortable with them. I really want to get into the Vietnamese centipedes. Well, those stuff like great. that. And then, or I see myself in ten years just still doing what I'm doing. I'm not looking to breed or sell anything. I just like what I have because it makes me happy and I enjoy it. So. That's, well, you're a still building my collection. Jeff, you're, you're a lot younger than all of us. Yeah, I just I play in a local bar band. It's fun, but you really don't make money doing it. Right. So I've always envied people that can play instruments. I can't. I can't play to save my life. I can't tell you how many times over the 43 years I've been around that I've bought guitars and tried to learn and. I can't do it at all. I just have no balance. I was the guy in school that got picked on all the time, so I just joined band, and then I heard Slash on Appetite for Destruction. The first song I heard was Yes. Trying to think what it was. It was no. It was the solo to November Rain, and I bought my dad bought me a guitar. I learned that solo, and it took off from. It took off from there. Right on, man. That's awesome. I have a. And I have a question I wanted to ask you guys. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. So TNT Balls asked me a question in my video today, and I was going to – how would you guys reply to it? He asked me, what's a good beginner scorpion? 
and I don't know how to reply to that. I don't know what to. There's a lot of them. There's actually a lot of them. I don't think there's, think think there's really any because they can all. Yeah. They're, they're all they're all pretty much the same. The ones that you can actually buy. I mean, like I said, I had emperors, uh, bark scorpions. I dealt with bark scorpions almost on a daily business when I was in the window company because they would get into the warehouse and they would get stuck to the little white glue that's on the windows. And I can't tell you how many of them I've saved, <laughs> and I never got stung by any of them. And they were, and they were wild. Yeah, yeah so, I don't uh, know tons of information about them, so I just didn't want to give them information. And you know, you know what I mean. That's good. Yeah. yeah you know? Anytime somebody asks me that, like, what you know, I I've done videos on this. You know, what's the best tarantula? What's the best snake? And you know, honestly, it's what you feel you're ready for. I can sit there and tell you, I don't think you should get a reticulated pipeline into a snake. But at the same time, I'm not you. You could be ready for something like that. When it comes to the scorpion, my usual generic answer would be a Florida bar scorpion or an Asian forest scorpion, um, something that their venom is mild. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when you when you come across that, you have to ask that person, okay, what research are you willing to do? What What is your comfort level? Like, are you terrified of them? Because if you are, then I do not recommend you getting any until you break that, that fear that you have. And that means by exposing it, by going to zoos, going to pet stores that carries them, going to a collector that has them, going to a, an expo where you can get a much more up-closal, you know, personal interaction with these animals. And once you build that comfort level up, then by all means get one. But first you've got to build that that level up. But unfortunately in this day and age, everything's a click of the button and people don't think through before they buy them. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would say also that, you know, whenever I get something that I don't know a lot about, I research the heck out of it, you know, um, with this red tail, I've been dealing with snakes for, for a long time, but even with this red tail, I'm picking up box and bow with you, you know, I'm asking questions, I'm taking notes because they're not ball pythons, you know, and there is a difference, you know, there's still, you know, I can, I'm, I'm sure I'll be fine taking care of it. And, and, you know, but no, no matter what, I, I research the crap out of everything because I want to make sure that I can give that thing the perfect home and, and be able to deal with it. So that's that's what your answer should be, you know. Research and and like what you what Jay just said, just research and see what you're most comfortable with. I uh, agree with that. Get, okay. Now we need to get the we need to get the answer from Andrew about where he's going to be in ten years and what his future plans might be. Okay. Well, my future plans are to make just if my hobby starts paying for itself paying for the bills that are in that house and you know even if i had just a little extra cash nothing big just a little something you know would make me feel good just to pay for yeah. its bills and all that stuff and um because you know i i set goals for myself at least uh, this year when i hit 300 subscribers i set a goal for 400 subscribers and i told miguel that and miguel's like well oh, okay that's not that you know set goals you know and i did it then he gave me the shout out, and I crushed that goal in a day. Went to 400 subscribers in a day. So then, with your guys' help, I've gotten over because I set a new goal for 500 subscribers. And with your guys' help, giving me all them shout outs, I now got over 500 subscribers. So another thing, another goal is I would like to have about a thousand subscribers on my 
YouTube channel. But as for the uh, animals and stuff, I, I would like to have some bloods back in my collection again and some boas back in my collection again. And uh, with and hognose. I plan to expand the hognose and uh, just deal with the ball pythons and the rat breeding. I expect that to get bigger and bigger and bigger because the pet store needs us to breed for them because it costs them so much money to ship them in. So right. Becky's got a plan. She she went out and bought more material today because she wants to build a bunch more racks to keep it going. She wants to expand it, make it huge. So that's our kind yeah, of goal for right have now. A lot of the sex that would want to buy rats because if you want to buy rats, like for someone like myself, you know, yeah. where you buy rats, you're talking spending over a grand on every order, and it's just that's just ridiculous. So if, if if we breed enough rats, would you guys be willing to buy frozen thawed rats from us or something? Yes, yeah, that that option is is one hundred percent there for me. I mean, you know, I do plan on breeding my own rats, but like I said, I'm going to start off really slow with it because everything I do, I want to make sure I do right. And we don't always yeah. do things right. It's okay no, to make mistakes, but no, no. I try to be limiting them as much as possible. <laughs> Well, in your situation, too, Youper, because you had to fight the town a little bit. You know, I'm not saying you had to fight them big time, but you kind of had to convince them to let you do this. And, you know, you got to be a little more cautious than, like, let's say, uh, me, Jay over there would have to be or something. You know, because yeah. one mistake yeah. you make, they're going to be like, see, I told you this was going to be, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I, I was know, fighting the town, we were getting phone calls. Huh? Oh, well, I said when we did, when we fought the town, and we won. Every time somebody's seen a garter snake or a, a bull snake go through the yard, yeah, they, they were calling. They were like, "You got to come over and get your snake." I'm like, "I don't have no snakes." Loose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know. So I, so I think a good thing for you would be to start your own rope following, your video rope following. Yeah, I, I got one. I'm going. Yeah, see, doobie roaches are excellent. They're way better for your animal than a cricket. Now they're nasty. <laughs> Becky says they're nasty. Your dad was an exterminator, so <laughs> no. she has a tough time looking no at them. Millions are nasty. Uh, doobie roaches do not stink. There's no, they're, they can't fly. They can't yeah. even climb up black surfaces. They're incredible. They're roaches. Well, crickets are bad for your animals to begin with. But, uh, like, I started that um, superworm colony down there, and uh, I think that's going to do better for me than the roaches would. Just because of the convenience and how much, how fast they produce. You know, it's. Well, I do want to add something to my list of stuff, but I just slipped my mind. Okay. I definitely want to be breeding geckos. I mean, I don't know why that even slipped my mind. Like, I'm actually setting up the top part of my incubator for that reason, which it's still ah. holding in 83. It's still holding 83 degrees in there. And now perfect. that I That's got perfect. my – just today, just today I got my incubator set at 88 degrees. So it's actually about – going to be probably about 82 degrees now up on top. But um, it's been 88 degrees all day today, so I'm good, happy with that. So over the next so many weeks, I'm going to make sure that it's staying where it's supposed to stay. But as well as those hognose, um, 
you know, not holding anything to you, no pressure, but yeah, I definitely want one of those uh, in the future. Oh, yeah. You know, um, that's Becky's thing is the geckos, and she's been putting them, well, she's had me go down and put them all together and told me what to put them together with. So, you know, we're going to be breeding. We'll have a bunch of eggs here soon. (laughs) Now, how how quickly do do those geckos grow? Well, what, what you got to do, you got to have them at the right weight. And for a normal leopard gecko, that's about 45 to 50 grams. And the super giants, they have to be, you know, like the super giants got to be 90 grams around. Not the males, but the females definitely have to be up there in size. So, like, uh, our super giants, what are they pushing 100 grams now? Right around somewhere, 100 grams. But they go, super giants go to 130 grams to 150 grams, so... Where a normal leopard gecko, usually about 60 grams is about the max, unless you really overfeed it or something. Well, how long do they usually take to grow to full size? You can get them there pretty quick. Um, I know yeah. that uh, when I was into when Becky was into them, what was it, about five years ago, ten years ago, something like that, she was into them. She, she ordered, I, what was it, like 100 of them, and she had them up to breeding size within a year and they were breeding and we were selling them to everybody. I, yeah, I used to breed leopard geckos and I used to do 400 a year. And I think that, I think every leopard gecko in town that somebody didn't buy from Petco probably came from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool though. That is cool. Yeah. Well, I know if anybody buys snakes or any geckos in this area around here, it definitely came from me because there's, you know, it's 56 miles to go to the closest pet store for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a lot of mass parents. That's great. Now yeah. i got to get these snakes because my kids can get them. Now, Jeff is going to be anybody up there where he's at. Everybody's going to have scorpions. are going to be coming from him, right, Jeff? I don't know about that. Maybe in the future. <laughs> you can't find so, you know what the problem is here with pet stores you go into our pet stores here they don't focus on the animals they focus on selling alcohol and tobacco at our oh, pet stores and that's a sad thing yeah they sell everything alcohol. well yeah, what we have get... it's called a mini in my area we got mini pet mart i mean we have pet codes and stuff like 150 miles one way 150 the other but in my area it's called mini pet mart right when you walk in They've got the whole front end wall of the store, liquor and cigarettes, right on the front end. And they they seem to be always busy with that instead of worrying about the animal stuff. Yeah, yeah, that does not sound like a good combination. No. Yeah. When when I ran a pet store, that's all we focused on was the the pet store and the goods that you needed to care for the animals, you know. Nothing else. Except I'll tell you how much I... Every time we got catnip in, this is no joke, I, it was a, in a bad neighborhood in Philadelphia, and every time we would get catnip in, you know, it would come in crates of the bags of catnip, and there was always a few uh, drug dealers that would come in and buy the whole crate. You know, we'll <laughs> take it all. Yeah, well, okay, then. We know what everybody's pot's getting cut with. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> Well, that's what they do, though. and it, it, they, I never argued with them. I wouldn't say nothing because they were buying it, you know. Right. Well, I want to yeah, thank everybody for coming on today. What were you going to say, Jay? Well, I'm going to sit there, you know, you know, 
I think this is a good, you know, intro for everybody to get to know us that are probably going to be regulars on this show. Yeah. At least I hope so. I hope so. You know, so. and as far as, um, you know, YouTube goes, where you were talking about that, is, you know, that's what I do, and that's what I love about my YouTube channel, is educating people, you know, about what I do and why I do things with my animals. And it allows me to share my animals with people and educate them in a proper and safe way. You know, and I set small goals for myself. When I my daughter first started to get me into YouTube, you know, my goal was 50, then it was 100, and then it was 500. And then my goal for this year was 1,000, which thanks to all you guys and everyone else that supports me, I got to. You know, well, and so you, my, all, my small goal is to, my next goal is 1,200, then 1,500, and then 2,000. But ultimately, my next, like, I have small goals and I have big goals. My big goal, my next big goal is 5,000. But you've got to have small goals, you know, leading to reach there, yes. And you that, know, I, I feel inadequate because, because I, as far as my YouTube go, goes, I don't really have a number goal at this time. I did have a number goal to hit a thousand, but after that, I don't really have. It seems like once you hit a thousand, every day you turn on your your YouTube, it kind of grows uh, on its own, you know. So, my goal, I guess, is to um, as long as I keep going steady, I'm fine. Well, I don't know if I ever hit hit five thousand. I mean, I don't know if my channel will ever hit five thousand. I mean, if it does, great. But um, I also I think my biggest goal now is just to, you know, keep the friends that I have. I mean, I've made amazing friends on this YouTube. Yes, it's much safer than Facebook. But you, oh, get, you much, deal with much better people. Much better. Oh yeah. But I, I will tell you this though. Um, when we do the other thing on the uh, on YouTube itself, where we can all get together, it'll be a good, better platform. I think this is a great platform because we can hit a lot, reach a lot, a lot of people this way. But we'll reach a lot of people with the uh, YouTube platform too when we get together and have our little uh, discussions and stuff like that, like we're doing tonight. Well, I'm not right. familiar with what we're on right now. Is somebody watching the TV right now? Not me. Yeah, my cub getting drawn. I ain't missing that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I got some. My question is with this, like what we're on right now. I'm 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 not new to this. I don't even know if this is like. Is there people listening right now? Uh yes, and then there's people that come in and listen over the course of weeks. You know, I I. I put the show out there, and we get listeners. I got listeners right now from Russia, uh, from hey, Russia, China, all around. Hey, Trump in the office. Yeah, I love <laughs> Russia. <laughs> we I love, love Russia, Russia too. We got uh, we got listeners from all over the world, almost every country, every continent. It's crazy. So, yeah. it's pretty good. And we'll definitely you're going to pick topics that we're going to talk about every week, right? On this. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, well, I'll discuss it with you guys, what you guys want to talk about, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing I want to say is if you're looking for me, you can go to your YouTube and, and look up Boxing Boa, B-O-X-I-N-G-B-O-A, and the same thing with my Instagram. 
And that's where you can find me, YouTube and Instagram, under Boxing Buzz. Way to plug yourself. I'd love yourself. to have you as a that's subscriber. Cool. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And then you, hashtag you per- going to plug himself. <laughs> Go ahead, Youper. Give yourself a shout out too, there, buddy. Well, definitely. Uh, feel free to come visit my YouTube channel at Going Youper at uh, on YouTube, as well as Going Youper on Instagram. Uh, always try to answer those questions and reply to all comments for sure. And love to have you for sure, definitely. And all these channels on here, I can tell you all right now, are definitely worth checking out at least. Go ahead, Jeff. It's your turn. Oh, my YouTube, Flashmaster1989, S-L-A-S-H-M-A-S-T-E-R-1989, same on Instagram. And then mine's DEA Exotics on YouTube. Well, Becky's, mine and Becky's. She's looking at me with the evil eye. But Becky and I Man, I can't wait for that DEA shirt to get here. It shipped out today. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to order your DEA shirt. I got to go on and... I gotta go in and pick me up a Uper one too. No, this one on the DEA just really send me one. Too much just so I can plug it. They're still you know, I just buy the guys. They can. I'll plug it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do because I'm not gonna buy everyone's individual shirt. I'm gonna make my own, and it's gonna say hashtag Team Jeff, hashtag Team Uper, and hashtag Team Sexy. Why am I third now all of a sudden? I'm going to second to third? What the heck is this? I dropped you. got to put in parentheses, <laughs> boxing bow hunting. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to pass with him one of the books. I, I think I did. <laughs> and you all really need to go to... You all really need to go check out DEA Exotics on YouTube. Excellent channel. Excellent channel. Family fun. Really, really. That oh, you, you will you laugh until your stomach hurts. Great. <laughs> you guys have great channels also. I love every one of your channels. I can't wait for the next throwback Thursday story. Hopefully it's the one I'm thinking. The best the best part about going and subscribing to all these channels right here though is that we all are going you know, we we become friends, you know. When you become part oh, of the yeah. community you, you gain friends, legitimate friends, and that's what the best part is. I love that. Yeah, and you get support. When you subscribe to us, we support you. If you have a channel, we support you because Absolutely. that's what we're about, supporting each other and helping each other grow up. Correct. Hey, guys, if you ask Emma, we're not friends. These are all my boyfriends. That's true. That's true. But it's not but true. You you're like husband. a sister. Oh, you're like a younger sister, Becky. I'm a younger sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not annoying sister. You never want it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, guys, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming on today. So next week when we do it, you know, this ain't just going to be our show. It's not just going to be Becky and my show. It's going to be our show. You understand? Everybody's going to be in it. So I'm going to try to figure out a really good name to go with it. Well, on tomorrow's upload on my YouTube channel, I I, I talk about it a little bit, and I and I have my subscribers, and I suggest you all might want to do this as well if you haven't already. Um, just, you know, ask subscribers what you think might be a good name for this group would be. Yes. 
And then we'll have some more names to kind of bounce around. And we'll throw that name on this channel, too, and it'll be just a whole good... I got a book of ideas here that we're going to have to discuss, and then we'll come down with discussion of what kind of topics we want to cover. And it don't always have to be animal-related. It could be anything, you know. So, Well, um, I'm going to say that's a pretty good run for the first episode of our little get-together, and uh, I thank each and every one of you for coming on. Thank you for having me me on. Yeah, no problem, guys. Um, Well, um, I'll talk to all of you guys later, and uh, be safe, everybody, and you stay out of the snow. I know you like to go out and play in the snow. You called me not that long ago and said you were out there playing with it, and you fell on your steps or something, so... (laughs) I fall a lot. <laughs> so do I. I don't fall. All right, everybody. See you guys. Good night. See you guys. Bye. God bless. Peace. God bless. God bless everybody. See you later. <laughs>